Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You gotta score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we are, fired up to start off another week. Well, it's just to start off another week when it comes to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Already had the morning tailgate from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Of course, JT the Brick just wrapped up noon to 2. And myself and Damon will rock it for the next three hours here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Excited about the show that we have lined up for you and excited that we are only 17 days away from the NFL draft. We will be in Kansas City when the first round gets kicked off on the 27th. Excited about that opportunity. Uh, cannot wait to be there and see how it all shakes out. And as I mentioned on my podcast this morning, I feel like all options are on the table right now for the silver and black. There's so many different things that they can do. Of course, there's reports about many teams that are talking to the Arizona Cardinals about trading up, which is something that I think that the Raiders should have already done, right? I mean, it makes sense to explore all your options. Just because you call a team and say, hey, what's it going to take to get to number three? doesn't mean you're going to trade to number three, but it means that you want to know what it's going to take just in case that that scenario arises. So, you know, you don't want to get stuck like the Jets are right now trying to get their guy to New York and, and Aaron Rodgers and haven't come up with a trade compensation. The Jets have messed up this situation with their quarterback so bad, so bad. They've been public about wanting Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has been public about wanting to be there. Joe Douglas, the GM, was at an event over the weekend. He's talking about he's on his way. Just get it done. Something you should have already known. You know, before you ever went and talked to Aaron Rodgers, you should have known exactly what it was going to take to get him in New York. And then it could have been done, said in, in, in a wrap. And maybe Odell Beckham Jr., who's now a Baltimore Raven, maybe he would end up being in New York instead of Baltimore. But that's for them to worry about. I do believe the Raiders, though, have already had their conversations with whoever they're thinking about potentially trading up with, if they are, in fact, thinking about that. But I just feel like they have their I's dotted and their T's crossed as we are less than three weeks away from the beginning of the NFL draft. So plenty of stuff to get to on today's show. Very excited about it. I will say this, as uh, we get closer and closer to the draft, we like to go through mock draft simulators. We like to test our GM knowledge. And so uh, I've, I've been on the the um, plenty of these different little mock draft simulators, just having a little bit of fun, like Pro Football Focus. They always have a, a mock draft simulator that's a lot of fun. Well, today I just happened to go on the Pro Football uh, Network. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they're a simulator that they have, and I don't really quite know my results yet, but I did do one thing that I think that the Raiders should not do. <laughs> I, I've, I've warned about it many times, and I think that the Raiders should make sure that they don't do this, is trade back too many times where they trade themselves out of really good players. Now, trade back a few times, and I thought I was being so smart. Raider Nation, man, if you could have seen my face, you would have thought, man, Q's in a happy place right now. I'm trading back. The guys that I'm looking at are still on the board. I'm thinking, all right, no worries, no worries, going to get that guy. Oh, man, I'm getting draft picks, draft capital in 2024 as well. Man, Dave Ziegler's going to thank me. Not only is there going to be a bunch of draft picks this year, there'll be a bunch next year. Man, the team's going to look great. And then all of a sudden, I got to around round three or round four, and boy, the talent really dried up, <laughs> right? The talent really, really dried up, and I realized, yeah, I think I, I think I traded myself out of some really good picks. So uh, the one thing that the Raiders cannot do is what I did do on the NFL mock draft simulator a little earlier, which was trade myself back too many times. I did get a whole bunch of uh, you know draft capital, and I did get a bunch of players, but I, I can't see the results. That's been my biggest issue. It, it said at the end, it said, all right, full results. So I clicked on full results, and... 
It's the whole draft. I don't want the whole draft. You know what I mean? I just want to see what I did. I want to see what I have left over for 2024, and I want to see what actual players I came away with. I will say, this is how much I traded back, Damon, and you'll get a good kick out of this. The Raiders pick at seven right now. <laughs> the first pick that the Raiders had with this draft that I just did was number 30. <laughs> I know that it's a deep draft, but that seems a bit much. I still got a really good player, though. I still got a dude at number 30. Emmanuel Forbes, Mississippi State. That's my cornerback 1A, right? I, I, look, there's actually he's probably 1B because there's Witherspoon, there's Gonzalez. I kind of say that those are split. And then Emmanuel Forbes is my guy. So I found a way to trade all the way back, pick up extra capital, and still get him at number 30. And then I got Kalijah Kansi at number 38. So the defensive tackle out of pit. So that's not a bad start, right? I mean, you get these two defensive players. Actually, now that I go through this, I think I did all right. 47, I got Jack Campbell, linebacker out of Iowa. That's not bad. Not bad. Darnell Washington was picked directly after, though, after Jack Campbell. And I was like, man, I knew I should have got him when I had the chance. Um, Let's see, rolling back, I gave up pick. Oh, no, I didn't. Pick 70, I got Hendon Hooker. Right now, I'm pretty good. The first four spots are pretty good. I think right now you got to give me a lot of credit for that pick. I I think you could have. Did you do any trading back before 30? Did you also trade back to trade back to 30? Yeah, oh, yeah. I traded back multiple times. So I, I went from 7 to like 12 to 24 to 30. Like, I went back multiple times. I think you could have got a better corner at 12. I traded back. Yeah, so I'm saying you, you got, so you're saying like you're happy with your Emmanuel picks. Emmanuel Forbes is a great corner. 14 interceptions and six pick sixes. What else do you want? You, you mad because he's a little light in the booty? I, I, <laughs> I mean, the guy's 6'1 and he's 170 pounds. The only thing he is, is a little light. That's it. I ain't mad at him. I'll take that production any day of the week, twice on Sunday. I'm telling you, when's the last time the Raiders had a corner that that went and got the ball like that? I'll wait. And, and as I wait, I'll continue to scroll through. Number 90. I went back to 90. I got Andre Carter the second out of Army. Ah, a little questionable, but I think he's got a little something-something. He could be a rotational piece. I think it started getting dicey here, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> Then all of a sudden, the talent started running out. 97, uh, Henry Toyoto. Uh, the linebacker out of uh, Alabama, and I know I said his name wrong, but, yeah, I got him at 97. I got more linebackers in this draft than I wanted to just because they were the best guy available. Uh, I went back-to-back 109 and 110. Cornerback uh, Travis Hodges-Tomlinson from TCU, and then offensive tackle uh, Matthew Bergeron from uh, Syracuse at 110. So as you can see, the, the talent's getting a little thin. Wanye Morris, offensive tackle from Oklahoma at 118. Uh, oh, uh, Moroo Ajomo, I don't know how to say his name, but I know he's a defensive tackle from Texas, 129. I got him there. Uh, then I started. Then I just started reaching. So for CA Dennis, the linebacker from Penn, uh, from Pittsburgh at 141, I got him. Man, you really were going linebacker heavy. I I went defense heavy, but I went with the best player available at that time instead of trying to be real picky. Uh, Catrell Clark, the cornerback out of Louisville, I got at 174. Um, Did you also keep in fact I, keep in mind that you're not going to be able to sign all these players that you draft? Uh, I didn't. Obviously, I didn't take that into consideration. <laughs> <laughs> I got DTR Dorian Thompson Robinson. I got him at 204, cornerback at UCI. So I, I, I drafted two quarterbacks, Hendon Hooker and DTR, because at some point, I mean, Jimmy G's there. You know, they have uh, they just they just signed uh, what's his name uh, Hoyer. He's going to be gone pretty soon. You know what I mean? So I, I thought, okay, I'm. I'm I'm making some uh, some quarterbacks for the future. Jalen Graham, linebacker out of Purdue. Another linebacker. I don't know how many linebackers I drafted, but obviously it was way too many. 
Uh, and then uh, Antonio Matty, uh, offensive guard out of UCLA. I got him at 220. <laughs> and you can see here the excitement in my voice or lack of. I didn't really have any. So those are all my picks that I got. And it didn't say what my like draft grade was. But I can imagine with my first four picks, I did pretty well. Everything else, I don't know. But at the same time, I did get picks for 2024 too. So Dave Ziegler's thanking me for that because, well, that was a big bonus. So they can go into the draft in 2024. And I got some good picks, like round three. I got the Cowboys round two in 2024. Like I did, I did pretty well with trades. I just think I traded too much. So I say that to say, say this, Raider Nation, do not trade too much. Don't let the Raiders trade out of. With, they, with having 12 picks, don't let them trade out of getting some real dudes as opposed to just getting some good players. I mean, good players are great, but you want to get some dudes if you have the opportunity. So that was a little bit of fun that I had a little while before the show started on the NFL drop, uh, draft, mock draft simulator from Pro Football Network. You can check it out at profootballnetwork.com. Coming up on the show today at 2.30, Ed Graney from RJ. He joins us each and every Monday at 2.30. He'll join us to talk all things Raiders. It's funny, I was on his show, The Press Box, on ESPN Las Vegas this morning, so he's going to be on our show this afternoon and give his thoughts on all things Raiders and what they could potentially do. And again, I feel like they're in a good position. When the draft comes, they could trade up, they could trade back, they could select at seven. I think they have so many options on the table that it really is a good position for them to be in. Then at 3 o'clock, it's going to get fun. I talked about Pro Football Network and their mock draft. Well, Ian Cummings... Uh, from Pro Football Network, he put out a seven-round mock draft. So I'm definitely going to have him on. And in his seven-round mock draft, I talked about trading up, and we've talked about it on the show. The only way that the Raiders would trade up to number three would be for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Well, guess what? One of those guys was available in uh, in Ian Cummings' seven-round mock draft that he did for Pro Football Network. So uh, the Raiders ended up coming away with Bryce Young at number three. So I just want to talk to him about that, talk to him about the the upside that he sees in Anthony Richardson, why the Carolina Panthers went and got Anthony Richardson number one, then C.J. Stroud went number two to Houston, and then Bryce Young number three. You know the interesting thing about C.J. Stroud, this is just a little nugget, and it doesn't really mean a whole lot, but at the same time it could mean something. So I want you to hold on to this and and just kind of see how the draft goes. C.J. Stroud is represented by the same agency and the same agent that represents Deshaun Watson. So I'm not saying that that has to mean something, but I'm also not saying that it doesn't mean anything, right? And what I mean by that is if Bryce Young, which the reports are out that, that Carolina is going to take Bryce Young at number one, if that's accurate, does Houston in their front office with Nick Casario want a deal with C.J. Stroud's agent, knowing that C.J. Stroud's agent is Deshaun Watson's agent, or is that water under the bridge, which it should be from a professional standpoint. It should be. It shouldn't matter who the agent is. But I just wonder. Right? It's just one of those things that plays into the element of, well, would there be a quarterback available that the Raiders would be interested in at number three? Again, I, I rest on the C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, and that's it. That would make the Raiders trade up to number three. I heard uh, Vinny earlier this morning on the morning tailgate, him and uh, Heidi and Clay were talking about trading up to number three for Will Anderson. I just don't see it. I don't see the Raiders trading up for a defensive player. I see them trading back and getting a defensive player. I don't see them trading up to get a defensive player. I think they have too many holes. I just... I don't see what, it, what I mean, do you think that that's a possibility come April 27th that you might see the Raiders trade up for a Will Anderson at number three? As much as I like Will Anderson, I think everyone else likes him too because they know what he brings to the table. Seen it uh, plenty of times at Alabama. I just don't think they can afford to do that. A guy that I think is just as good is going to be there at number seven, Tyree Wilson. So for me, Ooh, I, I don't know if he's just as good. I, mean, he I ain't think, got the production. He ain't got the rings. What did, what did, uh, what did Angel Reese say? 
Can't see me? That's what Will Anderson's like, hey, it's ring season, son. I've been watching, like, the Tyree Wilson. I mean, obviously, when you watch these breakdowns, they're mm-hmm. they're highlighting the players. Right. But that's somebody that I've seen. The more I watch, I'm like, hey, man, yeah. I think this guy's going to be real good at the next level. So, for me, if it was Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson for, at number seven, right. I'm not going to trade up when I just wait at number seven and get Tyree Wilson. I think Tyree Wilson's going to be really good, and his better days might still be in front of him. Right? I mean, Will Anderson has dominated the college ranks. The better days for Tyree Wilson may very easily be in front of him. Plus, he could play outside. He could play inside. He's pretty versatile. And we know that Dave Ziegler loves versatility. So that's something to pay attention to. I have no problem. If the Raiders were to go and get at Tyree Wilson number seven, I had no problem with that pick. I would salute it and say it was an A. <laughs> Simple as that, right? I, I like Tyree Wilson. I like Devin Witherspoon. I like Christian Gonzalez. Uh, and I'm sure there's a couple other options that could possibly be there at number seven to like as well. But uh, there you go. That's that was an interesting conversation. Again, I don't I don't see them moving up to draft a defensive player. But again, you never know how the draft will go. So at three o'clock, Ian Cummings, Pro Football Network, will join us to talk about his seven round mock draft. We'll kind of scatter shoot with some players. So if there's some guys that you want us to ask about, please hit us up at six nine one eight seven keyword RNR or don'tbebroke.com text line. And then. At 3.30, I was on uh, Up in Adams this morning with Kay Adams, and I've been on that show before, and she had me on to talk all things NFL draft, and it was, it was really cool. We had, let's see, Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus, who's always a guest on this show, uh, talking, talking all things draft. He was a guest on, on uh, her show, Up in Adams, today. Uh, I was on the show. Sheena, Sheena Quick, who we have on, we had on Friday talking Carolina Panthers, was on. And then Stacey Ross, who's up in Seattle, who's actually going to join our show tomorrow to talk about Seattle and what they could be doing at 5. All, all of those were guests on the show today on, on Up and Adams, on Kay Adams' show. Sheena Quick, Stacey Ross, myself, and then Mike Renner. So when I tell you that we go out of our way to make sure that we have the best guest on this show and on this station in general, we do, <laughs> right? If someone like Kay Adams is, is booking the exact same guest – that we have on the regular, and Sheena Quick's been on the show I don't know how many times. Stacy's been on the show multiple times. Mike Renner, you know he's been on the show multiple times. Like, just know that we're making sure we go out of our way to get the best guests possible to give you the best information. So I thought it was pretty cool that I was on the same show with all the guests that basically are regulars here on this show, and we all were sending text messages and back and forth to each other like, hey, man, it was great to see you on the show today, right? And, and it wasn't this show that we were talking about. So uh, there you go. So uh, we'll have... Uh, we'll have the conversation that I had with Kay Adams a little earlier this morning, uh, about 3.30 we'll have that. It was about seven minutes long, just talking all things Raiders in the NFL draft. So you'll hear that at 3.30. And then at 4 o'clock we'll shift our attention to the NBA and the play-in tournament, which is whatever. If you're a, a, a big NBA fan and you're excited about the opportunity for a team that shouldn't have made the playoffs to have an opportunity to make the playoffs, then – this is for you, right? Trevor Lane, LakersNation.com, our good friend. He'll join us to talk about the Lakers as they take on the T-Wolves in the play-in tournament. And there's no Rudy Gobert. Uh, there's other players that are out. One guy punches a wall and decides he wants to break his hand. So the Timberwolves are in a, in a tough situation. But the Lakers are in a tough situation, too. I mean, they basically got to win. Uh, their season could come to an end pretty quick, fast, and in a hurry. And then what are they going to do? So we'll talk to Trevor Lane coming up at 4 o'clock, all things Lakers and what he expects for them, not only in the play-in tournament, but in the playoffs if they do, in fact, make it out of the play-in tournament. So that's coming up at 4 o'clock. Then we'll hear from Matt Miller from ESPN. He was actually a part of my show, my radio show I did on Saturday on ESPN National. We were on game day. It was myself and another young man were on the show. And uh, we got into a conversation with Matt about quarterbacks, Bijan Robinson, cornerbacks. So uh, you'll hear a couple sound bites from that conversation that we had with Matt Miller. So as you could tell, a very loaded show. Ed Graney, 
Ian Cummings, my conversation with Kay Adams, Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com, plus you'll hear from Matt Miller, all coming up on the show before we sign off at 5 o'clock. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest and most advanced Silverado ever. So, as I mentioned while I was going through the mock draft simulator that I might have, you know, traded myself out of some really good players, you don't want to do that. The question I want to throw out there to you, Raider Nation, uh, we talked about it on Friday's show, who you don't want to see the Raiders draft with their first pick, no matter if it's at seven, if they trade back, whatever the case may be, you don't want to see them go and attack uh, with their first pick overall. We did that on Friday, but I do want to know, And as we've gone through these mock draft simulators and just had a little bit of fun with it, I realize, and this is just, I guess, for me, you've got to have multiple plans, right? You've got to have that plan B. You've got to have plan C. Obviously, you've got plan A, but you've got to have multiple plans. So when all of a sudden your number is called, and and DeMond's my witness, as I was going through this mock draft simulator, I was like, oh, I got three different teams that want to trade with me. What's the best one here? Oh, I got two teams that want to trade. Oh, I only got one team. Oh, no, I don't like this trade. I I had the Browns trying to trade Nick Chubb. Trying to send Nick Chubb to the Raiders. I had uh, um, the what the Chargers trying to send Austin Eckler to the Raiders. I had multiple different teams trying to send players as well. Uh, even uh, uh, Bateman from the Baltimore Ravens. I had I had a uh, um, uh, one of the one of my picks. I think it was before I got out of round one, or maybe it was round two. I don't know. It's one of those. They tried to uh, trade Bateman as well. So you've got to have multiple plans. So I want to know. From you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200. Of course, we'd love to hear from you. Plus the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. What are your top three options for the Raiders to do at the top of the draft? Like, what is your plan A, plan B, and plan C? We know you don't want them to do plan D, right? We talked about that on Friday. Don't do this. That's what D stands for. Don't do it. Don't do it. Run, turn, run away from that situation. Don't go there. But A, B, and C are all on the table, something that you would feel comfortable with. Okay, they don't come away with your, your, your player that you had, just your mindset on. Maybe the Detroit took them at number six. Okay, what would your fallback plan be? What would you feel comfortable with? Your top three options that you'd feel comfortable with, the Raiders coming out of round one with. That's, that's what I want to know from you. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Demond, since you uh, just freshly off vacation, your mind should be clear. You've been in L.A., you've been in Miami, you've been UFCing it up, you've been doing this, that, and the other. I'll put the pressure on you first. You're on the clock. What are your top three options for the silver and black? What are you doing? What is Demond doing with, the top, with your top three options? The first option, Anthony Richardson at number three if you can. Okay, so trade up. Trade up for trade Anthony Richardson. Okay, trade up to number three. Okay. But if that's if, if Carol, excuse me, if the Cardinals are asking for too much, you say, hey, we're still going to sit at number seven and see what we can do there. Tyree Wilson, or this is going to be the or. I'm going. I'm giving you four, so it's, basically. It's a slice. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's Okay. It's a, it's a slash. There you go. And Jay, but Jalen Carter, if he's there. But if not. Ooh, you want to go there. Okay. I, I'm going there. Okay. Hey. So Tyree Wilson or Jalen Carter. And if that's that, if they, either of those guys are not available as well, Best cornerback available. Who I to me, I don't have a preference at cornerback, but but a corner. Okay. So in that level of importance for me, it'd be Anthony Richardson. Mm, nah, I can't get him. Okay. It's Tyree Wilson. Is he there or Jalen Carter? Okay. So get gets gets him up on the line. What if Tyree Wilson and Jalen Carter are there? <laughs> Jalen Carter. Okay. Man, that's a tough one. Yeah, but Jalen Carter. I'll tell you right now, Jalen Carter. Forget anything off the field. Mm-hmm. Forget any kind of maybe he doesn't show up every snap. He's exactly what the Raiders have needed for a long time. 
I mean, there's there's no denying that. Anyone who wants to deny that is just lying to themselves, right? He's somebody that the Raiders need from the area of position. The question is, do they feel comfortable with him? That's something that they have to come to terms with, right? If they do, so be it. If they do, we'll come in here and talk about Jalen Carter and how great of a player he is and how he can help the team and the, hopefully the leadership in the locker room between Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, you know, Josh Jacobs, and others will help the young man be where he needs to be. I think for him, it's either going to be number five, Seattle, or it's going to be number 10, Philadelphia. And Philadelphia because they have his two ex-teammates that were basically his babysitters when he was at Georgia. I mean, that, and that's, that's who they were, right? Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean, they basically made sure, hey, man, we get to practice at this time. Hey, man, this is what, I mean, like, they literally were his babysitters. And I hate to say it like that, but that's who they were. So I could see that being a really good landing spot for him. But, again, if Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, Josh McDaniels all decide, Patrick Graham all decide that that's their guy, that's going to be their difference maker, go get your difference maker. I'm all right with that. I'd be fine with it. But for me, when it comes to that number seven pick, I don't want to see the team trade down because, as you said in your mock draft simulator, you still feel you still feel good about the guy that you got at number thirty. Right. But the reason those guys that are getting picked in the top ten, they they are the dudes. They are projected mm-hmm. to be those dudes. Where it's like, hey, this is a guy that let's say Pro Bowl All Pro potential. Right. And I know you can find you can find those guys later in the draft. You that's a, that depends on your scouting. But that's the reason that you that you pick those guys at the high end of the draft at the top because you are banking on them being that guy. It's not, hey, we found something good. You know they're going to be good. Right, and the thing about it is I did a locked-on mock draft last week, matter of fact, last Thursday, and I traded back from 7 to 10 with the Eagles because the Eagles wanted Jalen Carter. So I did go back to 10. I still got the player that I wanted, that I was eyeing. I still got that player, plus I picked up an extra second-round pick. Uh, this this upcoming year. So uh, I felt like I, I did something good. Like I always say, do something good for your country. I did something good, I felt like, by picking up that extra second-round pick. I thought that, okay, that's going to be really helpful for Dave Ziegler. And I really could have probably traded back to 11. The Tennessee Titans guy, he was uh, he wanted to come up so bad, and I, I should have, but I kind of played my cards, and I, I think I talked a little too loud about who I was looking at, and so he took the chance and didn't didn't trade up with me. I probably could have traded back one more to 11 and still got the guy because he ended up going with Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State, the offensive lineman. That was, uh, that was his pick at number 11. I probably could have traded back to 11, got another pick, and still got the guy that I was looking at. But I was also cautious because I didn't want to do what I did today, which was like trade out of a dude. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, I would love for the Raiders to get Emmanuel Forbes, but this is my ideal situation. I'd like them to get someone in the 7 to 10 range like a defensive player, a stud, and then use some of their draft capital that they have, trade back up into the back end of the, the round one, or unless he falls around round two, which, again, I don't think he will because, well, his, his stock is, is rising so much, and then get him, and then all of a sudden have you know, two really good defensive players that you feel comfortable with coming out of day one of the draft. That would be an ideal scenario for me. I just don't know how realistic that is. So uh, there, there, <laughs> there is that. But, boy, I sure did get back to number 30 and got him. <laughs> I was almost out of round one. <laughs> How soon do you think the Raiders need to take a cornerback in this draft where, if, hey, can't get past the third, fourth round right. without taking a corner? Right. Um, I think that they definitely have to get one early. I'm not saying they have to get one in the top ten. They don't even have to get one in round one. They could get one in round two, but if you're not going to take one in round one, uh, a difference maker like a Gonzalez, like a Witherspoon or a Forbes, or even a Porter. I mean, look, look. don't let me, you know, leave Joey Porter Jr. out of there. I mean, he's a dude who's going to be a player as well. Um, you better get one early because, uh, again, you need a guy that has production. That's, that's the thing about it. If you're going to get a corner, and this is just me talking, if you're going to get a corner, I feel like the Raiders, it would make all the sense in the world for them to get one that has ball production. 
a guy who's turned the ball over, who's created turnovers and gotten it back for his offense. They haven't had that in a long time. And I know they went that route when they went and got Amik Robertson uh, out of uh, La Tech, but it, it just until this past year, it hadn't he hadn't got his hands on the ball at all, you know. And so, is he going to be able to turn that around? He, like I said, he had a history of getting interceptions back in school, but and I know it doesn't nine like a hundred percent of the time translate, but most of the time it does. So you know, there's been multiple reasons why it might not have translated for Amik, but I just think that they've got to at least attempt to get somebody that has the natural ability to go get the ball, someone who's used to having their hands on the ball. If you have that guy, most likely, even though, like a Forbes, he's going to get burned a few times. I promise you. He's going to get burned, and someone's going to be like, damn it, Q, that's your guy. That's your guy. What's he doing? He's going to frustrate guys and frustrate fans like Trayvon Diggs did with Cowboy fans early in his career because he got burned a lot, but he also came up with 10 interceptions his first year, right? I mean, as a rookie, he came up with multiple interceptions, and now he's gotten a lot better. He's not getting burned like that. His technique is a lot better. He's not taking as many chances. He knows what he's doing. He's a veteran now. So he, he has a better understanding of it, and now he has an opportunity to go make plays on the ball and not get burned. That's who I think Emmanuel Forbes will turn into, not to mention at 165, maybe even 170 pounds at the most, he's not afraid to hit you. He's not afraid to come up and make a tackle. That's a big deal to me. There's a lot of times you can get a corner that's an Olay guy, right, the, a guy that just you know kind of plays defense like my son where he just – you know, tries to reach in and try to poke the ball out. Oh, man, get in there, man. Get in there and get your, you know, get a little dirty. Emmanuel Forbes don't mind getting dirty. That, I think, is a big deal. That's similar to what, even though he's a different size, what Namdi was for the Raiders back in the day. Namdi, he wasn't getting the ball thrown his way, but when someone was running his, his direction, he, he was willing to get in there and make, a, make the tackle. That's who Emmanuel Forbes is, even at his size, which is not big. So there's that. So, again, Raider Nation, I throw it out there to you at 702-365-9200. Don't call us yet. we got a guest coming up next. But text us at 69187, keyword R&R. So text line. What are your top three options for the Raiders to do at the top of the draft? What's your A, what's your B, and what's your C? I know what plan D is. Don't do. Don't do D. That's what D stands for. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Through the question out there with the draft being 17 days away, when you're on the clock... And I've done this a few times, and I've realized I always do this, and I realize it more and more every time I go through this exercise. You've got to have options, and you've got to be prepared for something that you just didn't expect to happen, happen. In our Locked On Raiders, or Locked On NFL, actually, podcast uh, mock draft that we did last week that I referenced earlier in the show, at six, whoever is the host of the Lions show picked Kalijah Kansi at six. And I was like, wait, what? What? And it opened up so many different options for me, right? I was like, whoa, hold on now. Hold up, swallow them up, right? I mean, it's just there's always something that happens, and, and it kind of blew my mind. And it's funny. I was one of the first to say, oh, that's way too high for him. That's way too high for him. And then someone in the that was, uh, that was drafting as well kind of looked at me and was like, yeah, you know about teams drafting way too high, drafting guys way too high. And I thought, oh, that's right. That's the Raiders every year, right? There's always that, oh, what the hell was that right moment. So – Normally, I guess that would be the Raiders. Well, this in this mock draft, that was the Detroit Lions. What I did earlier today on the Pro Football Network, uh, their little mock draft simulator, uh, I traded back a bunch of times. I've collected a bunch of picks, 
Got a couple dudes, you know, a couple guys that I think could be studs. I got Kalijah Kansi in round two, <laughs> right? But uh, that was that was just me. So it's just there's got to be different options. You've got to be ready for anything and, and everything. And with the Raiders sitting there at number seven, I really believe all options are on the table. Trade up, trade back, stay pat, you know, go grab this guy, go grab – I mean, there's – so many things they can do. So I asked on the don'tbebroke.com text line, what are your top three options for the Raiders to do at the top of the draft? All you got to do is hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. Again, that's the don'tbebroke.com text line. Join us now on the phone lines is our good friend Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and, of course, the Review Journal. And, Ed, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. It's funny. I was on your show this morning. You're on our show this afternoon. Yeah. You know, it's just sharing is caring. We're having a little bit of fun around here. And the question I threw out there to Raider Nation, Ed, was what are your th- top three options for the Raiders to do at the top of the draft? And I really feel like all options are on the table at this point. Do you think there's anything out there that the Raiders have ruled out 17 days away from the draft? No, I don't think, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so at all. I mean, you and I talked about this this morning about Arizona saying six teams had called. Um, I'm with you on that. I don't know why they wouldn't be one. I mean, you know, the call might last five minutes, might last five seconds. Um, but I think if you have any any inkling about a quarterback near that top of that draft um, that you have to call, although they wouldn't get one of the top two, so maybe that takes you back a little. That they, you know, uh, to give up as much as Arizona would want would not make would not make a lot of sense. Um, trading down, uh, um, you know, and, and and trying to trying to get uh, maybe the, the twelve pick or the pick and get some more picks makes sense and then sitting at number seven and uh, you know i know uh i know you like uh witherspoon um you said that this morning um christian gonzalez is there another corner um there's a lot of guys at seven that i think you and i see i i was with you this morning i i stay at seven and take the absolute best defensive player mm-hmm. yeah I, I i agree and i think that that especially with all the holes that they have and that kind of leads me to my next question i heard Vinny this morning on the morning tailgate talking about the Raiders potentially trading up to number three for a defensive player and Will Anderson. I, I just don't see it because they got so many holes on the defensive side of things. Yeah, I don't. I don't see what they'd have to. I, I, you'd have to give up maybe more than you'd want to there. When, like I said, people like uh, Devin Weatherspoon and you know Christian Gonzalez and other people are there at that pick, um, who could help them immediately in a position of need. I don't know if I would trade up uh, uh, for you know to do that. Now again. He's a really good player. Um, right. He's off the he's off the board at most mocks right now, so you'd have to trade up to get him. But I'm with you on that. I don't know. I think you might have to give up a little too much to get up there when you can just stay at seven and get a really really good defensive player. Right. Exactly. That's that's kind of the key, and that's what myself and Demon have both kind of agreed on. Like, hey man, if you stay there at seven, you're going to get a really good dude uh, to follow you. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney from the RJ, the Review Journal, and also ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Any chance that you think the Raiders would make a move and go get Anthony Richardson, or maybe even Will Levis for that? And straight up, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I. Uh, the side tells I, me all I, I need to know. The side tells me a lot. Should, <laughs> I, if it's one of those two, I think they should stay at seven and get a defensive player. Right. If you're telling me they can trade up and get one of the top two guys, then it's like, okay, then I could see that, and you'd probably give up a lot for them. But um, Will Levis, uh, you know, I know, you know, everyone's like the arm and all of that, and Anthony Richardson, you know, uh, you know, uh, really green, and you know, with the experience, and there's there's marks about both of those i don't I, I think that's a chance you're taking now if you take that chance you better be right and right. you and i've talked about this a million times that they cannot miss here there's been too many misses draft wise on this team in the last several years where you cannot mess up the seventh pick no um, 
you can't you can't mess it up. No, no matter what you decide, whether you decide to trade up, whether you decide to trade down, or you stay on it, you can't miss this pickup. So if you're going up to take a quarterback that has question marks, boy, you better be really, really, really sure that he's your guy for the future, and you're going to give up a lot to go up and get him. That's why I think I hate you know the I hate the term safe pick, but I think there's a good enough defensive players at the in the draft in the top ten picks where you get a really good player like you said. Um, one of those dudes that you talked about on the show this morning that Max Crosby wants more of, and you can get him at seven and then just go forward from there. Does it seem like the conversation about Will Levis is starting to die off and lose its steam? Yeah, it, you don't hear about as much as him. You hear a lot more Anthony Richardson right now. Right. Um, and you do, and why that is, I don't know. I'm not in the meetings or you know, who he's visiting and, and, and what's coming out of those meetings or those visits with other teams. Uh, but you're right. When you said that this morning, I kind of said, yeah, I haven't heard – a ton about him um, since you know since uh, combine time. Um, so maybe maybe people are backing off on him. You know, and that's the thing about draft time. You never know what you can believe. Right. You know, I mean, because agents and other people, then teams teams alone put things out there that they want out there. They want other people believing. So maybe he's just as good a stud right now as he always was, and someone's going to take him. You know, top whatever top ten pick, um, and he'll be fine. But you're right, you haven't heard as much about Will Levis as you know we heard before. Well, you know, during draft season, I, I put my name out there and said I was 6'4", and I was about 250, and I ran a 4'240". You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just threw it out there. <laughs> well, you were the seventh pick by the Raiders then. <laughs> <laughs> right, no doubt about it. Ed Grady is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. DeMond's got one for you. Ed, how soon in the draft do you think the Raiders need to take a cornerback? Because for me, I don't think that they can get past round three without taking a corner because we know on the edge they have Max Crosby, and if they do take a Tyree Wilson, a Jalen Carter in the first round, that's fine. But a corner needs to be addressed early in this draft. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of in the queue corner there where I would take him with a seventh pick. I wouldn't let one of those guys go because I think they're both going to be there. Um you know, uh, Christian uh, Gonzalez and then Devin Witherspoon. And I, if, if I'm at seven and, you know, you're not going to go up and go to quarterback and, you know, you just, you're sitting there waiting for the best defensive player on the, uh, on the, uh, on the uh, board. Um, I wrote about Jalen Carter over the weekend for a lot of reasons. I wouldn't take Jalen Carter, but I think he's going to be gone anyway. So I don't know if that's going to matter anyway. Um, I would take the corner at seven. I agree with you, DeMond. That is a position of need for them. And it seems like there's two guys here who everyone loves and who could deliver and start right away. And they need, we've talked about this before, they need a couple starters out of this draft, you know, minimum. Uh, they've got to get a couple starters defensively. And, and, you know, you take one of those guys at seven, then that guy's starting. And then when it comes to the quarterback, you guys mentioned that you wouldn't want to move up for Anthony Richardson. But do you, do you see them taking a quarterback at all in this draft? Well, that's a good question. Maybe second, third, fourth round. But, you know, who would be out there? Um and and what did you really sign Brian Hoyer for? You know, anyway, did you sign him to be kind of a mentor to a guy mm-hmm. um, that would that would make it believe that it's a, one of those top guys instead of like a third or fourth round guy? Um, so maybe, but I'm not so sure they do. If they don't, we know why Brian Hoyer was brought here, and if they do, we probably know why Brian Hoyer was brought here. <laughs> um, right. So you know, it's one of those things where like we'll, we'll have to see if they get past second, third round, and they take somebody. Um, you know, I, I, you know, we, I think we talked about hooker last weekend, right. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, uh, and, and Q talked about him on our show this morning. Um, you know, and I, I haven't asked Q where he thinks he's going to go. 
Yeah, it's interesting, man. His his name is starting to – it's funny how draft season is. His name is flying up boards right now where they're talking about he's the best quarterback after C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and before Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, which is, you know, kind of interesting. I think he's a hell of a player, Ed, but I'm also concerned, you know, obviously the knee injury, so he's not going to be able to play right away in my opinion. And then he's coming from that offense, and I think this is my bigger concern. He's coming from that Josh Heupel offense. I saw that offense basically the same thing when I was in Central Texas watching Art Browse and, and what Baylor was doing. It's the greatest show on turf, basically. It's basketball right. on grass. Does that translate into the NFL? Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, uh, sick of Go Bears. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you know, I got the, uh, I got the uh, sign on the back of the car. Um, no, and that's a really good point, and that comes down to a lot of guys in college about how they translate to the league in terms of what they played in college and what system they played. Um, and you could be, Q, you could be right on, on point on that. And, you know, when you, when you talk about the knee and all that, there's some question marks to him. So a little surprising that, and again, it's draft, it's draft month. So who knows right. how much is this is, how much this is true. I mean, maybe people are putting that out there because they hope he falls and they want to get him later. You know, um, believe what you can believe, but never believe anything this time of month. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. 17 days away from the round one of the NFL draft, and anything is possible for the Raiders and the other 31 teams in the yeah. NFL. Ed, before we let you go, I did want to ask you, well, two more questions, one for me and one for DeMond. Uh, one, Dave Ziegler currently has 12 draft picks. How quickly do you think he could turn around what this team's roster and talent looks like with those 12 draft picks? Not necessarily saying he's going to use all of them to draft somebody. Turn around in terms of wins? Well, just turn around just the talent and, you know what I mean, like, okay, you see where it's coming from, right? You see yeah. that, that, okay, now the defense looks like they have players on that yeah. side. The offense is more solidified. Like, it looks like a more well-rounded team now. Yeah, I mean, with 12 picks, you'd hope you and I are talking after the draft, after the 12 picks or however many they have. We don't know if they're going to trade up or down, that we look at each other and say, you know what, uh, the defense is this much, potentially this much better this year. It might take him a few drafts. And it depends on if he hits or misses. Right. Um, you know, if he if he hits a lot, then you can turn things you know fairly quickly. Not as much as in basketball, but you can turn things fairly quickly to become more more competent on that side of the ball. It might take him a few drafts, um, but you know that's a lot of picks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure they've done their homework, and I'm sure all their scouts have you know been in forever and going over every player in this draft. And I have no doubt about that. Um, and then you know as well as anyone, a lot of time is luck. You know, you you, you got to get lucky with picks. You got to get lucky if guys translate, like you just mentioned in the quarterback situation, um, and how they translate. So, I'm not saying he can't change things in a year um, with one draft with 12 players, but I would think it would take him a few drafts at least. I want to take things over to UNLV as they had their spring showcase game this past Saturday, but more particularly Doug Brumfield. What did you learn the most about him from that time that you got to talk to him? You know, I just. He's absolutely passionate about turning around Devon. It's why he came here. Uh, the coach he committed to was fired before he got here. He stuck with his commitment. Um, you know, he he struggled a little, went in the portal for eight days, and told himself he's had to get his head out of the clouds and come back and you know win with the guys that he came in with. He wants to win so badly, and he wants to be the one that everyone looks back on and says, "Oh yeah, Doug Brumfield, he's the kid who turned the program around." And it's really important for him to do that. Um, so. Uh, I think his head's in the right place. I think he uh, has, you know, really, really cool uh, goals for himself and for the program. Whether they come true or not, we don't know. We'll, we'll see this season how they play and how many games they can win. But what I got from him is he loves UNLV. Um, he's committed to UNLV. And, you know, he, he wants to be the guy that, you know, whether it's you or me or anyone else talking in the future, when his name's brought up, we'll say, oh, yeah, that's the kid who turned it around. 
You know, Ed, I saw uh, one of the coaches on the UNLV staff put out a tweet about players that were there for every single spring practice, and Doug Brumfield was one of them. I was really impressed by that because it's not easy, one, to get to every single practice. We know that for one reason or the other, things happen. But him being that guy, the quarterback position, and being like you just described, want to be the guy to turn the program around, what does that tell the rest of the teammates when he's the guy that's there for every single thing in the spring? Yeah, and, and Odom had a quote in my story that I wrote about him that, you know, if you have great leadership from a quarterback, you have a chance. And I think he's shown great leadership. And especially for a kid, you know, two years ago he had the, the vertebrae crack. Mm-hmm. Last year he spent time in the concussion protocol. Doug's had some injuries that he's had to overcome. So I think it's a good news, not only from a leadership standpoint, from a health standpoint that he was at every practice. Um, trying to learn a new offense, that go-go offense of Coach Marion's that they're bringing to UNLV now. Um, what that's about, how he can execute that and, 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 and do it at a high level. But I think you're right. I think if he's there every day, it's showing everyone else, hey, if he can be here and he's the quarterback and he's the leader, then we need to follow him and be here. Right, exactly. I think that that goes a long way. So I'm excited to see what it looks like. The Coach Odom era is underway. As spring, as that spring game, the showcase was on Saturday at Allegiant Stadium and yep. free. The last time anyone's ever going to get an Allegiant Stadium free is at a spring <laughs> showcase for UNLV. So hopefully a lot of the Don't. fans – and community took advantage. Don't look for that on Raider weekend. <laughs> no, no, that's not going to happen. I don't care if it's preseason. I don't care if it's a walkthrough. I don't care what it is. Someone's getting paid at the door when you exactly. walk in at Allegiant Stadium. Well, great stuff as always, Ed. What do you got coming out on the RJ? Uh, DeMond already mentioned your article on Doug Brumfield, but what else you got coming out? Yeah, um, was at Vegas Golden Knights practice today, so they're uh, doing a special section on them, which we do around playoff year, playoff time every year, and uh, – Getting ready for the getting ready for the playoffs for the Knights. I think they have a chance to go really far. And uh, they had Mark Stone back on the ice in a non-contact jersey today. That's always a good sign for the captain to be back. And um, here, you know, here we go with another playoffs. They missed last year, right? And I think I think they really appreciate being back in it this year. When you miss, um, it kind of shows you what reality can be. So being back in it this year chance to have the number one overall seed in the West uh, is good news for them. It really is, and they got two against the Kraken, so uh, one yep. here and one away. Go ahead and get both of those dubs, get a couple more points in the board, and uh, go ahead and hold on to that number one spot. I like it. I like it a lot. Ed, well, thank you so much. It's always great catching up with you, brother. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ed Graney from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas and puts out all his work on the RJ. The Review Journal does a fantastic job with both, and I definitely appreciate him this afternoon. 2.46 at the time. Want to hear from you, Raider Nation, as we close out our number one, 702-365-9200, and also the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What are your top three options that you have for the silver to black and, and black to do at the top of the upcoming draft? Let us know about it. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Excited about our next guest we have coming up at the top of the hour. That's Ian Cummings, Pro Football Network. You can find him on Twitter at IC underscore draft. He put out a seven-round mock draft. That is not easy. I just spent I don't know how long trying to go through seven rounds trying to pick only for the Raiders. That's all I did. I just selected for the Raiders, and... I just about ran my head through the wall, right? I mean, that is not easy to do. He did a seven-round mock draft for every team, all 32. So we'll talk to him coming up at the top of the hour. The question I threw out there to you on the don'tbebroke.com text line, also would love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. What are your top three options? What's plan A, B, and C when it comes to the Raiders at the top of the draft? What would you like to see them do? We know what you don't want them to do. We discovered that on Friday. D. Don't do. That's what D stands for. But we want to know what you do want them to do, A, B, and C. You've got to have multiple plans because you never know how things could go uh, sideways. Mailman Raider said it on the don'tbroke.com text line, plan A, 
Trade up for Bryce or CJ. Plan B, stand pat and take one of the top two corners or Will Anderson. And plan C, trade back, grab a pick or two, and take Hooker or Nolan Smith. I'd be happy with any of those. Also, Damon, don't go on too many vacations. Lindsey gunning for your job, bro. Welcome back. So there you go, male man Raider. And Lindsey did do a fantastic job last week between her and Jared holding it down as Damon was vacation, traveling all over the world, trying to live his best life. He was like coming to America. He's like Prince Akeem. He was he was trying to go royal, so- soil his royal oats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish, but no, it was a uh, it was a it was a good trip. It was a good trip. I, I had fun, but too many vacations. Uh, brother, the, the the days you can only accrue so many of them. It's true. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> that's true. But Mailman Raider's right, though, man. In radio, you go on vacation too often, man. You come back and that vacation will be permanent. I'm not saying that to you, but I'm just saying that's how it used to be. I used to gun for everybody's job when they went on vacation. Q, you fill in for them? Yep, sure will. <laughs> I got your back. ABA Ivan Davis, you're up. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. ABA. We're going to chalk that up. But that That's on me. <laughs> That's oh, is that, is that a vacation hang-up? Yeah, that, that's on me, ABA. Wow. ABA Ivan Davis got hung up on because Demon is out of... Th- Lindsay! <laughs> hey, yo, Lindsay! This is a rusty guy. Demon's hanging know? up on guest. Unbelievable. Pretty soon, Sylvia going to come in here and tell you what to do. Unbelievable. Uh, how about Jim and Yonkers? He said, plan A, trade up with the cars to get DC's replacement for... For trade includes Hopkins without trading Renfro. Without trading Renfro. Whoa. Plan B, trade back... Once, take cornerback or defensive end and trade back in the late first round for a defensive end or cornerback. Plan C, stay put and take Jalen Carter. Thank you for a great show. Does D know everyone was ripping on him last week? <laughs> Every text we're getting has a DeMond reference. You on. know what? I, I thought about it. I'm going to listen to the show and stay current, see what everybody's talking about. But then I thought, nah, I don't care that much. But <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Who? I got one DM and it was like, yeah, man, I missed you from the show. So shout out to my man Andy. Uh-huh. Seems to be the only person that missed me. Nah, I can't remember who was <laughs> ripping on you outside of me. But, I mean, we all we all took our shot at you. It was all good. So <laughs> there's that. It's all in good fun. 702-365-9200. Let's try this again. Let's go back out to the phone lines. We got ABA Ivan Davis this time. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Devon hung up on you, man. He's rusty. <laughs> Thanks, Demond. <laughs> but anyway, no problem. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's start with C. C would be to trade up and take one of the uh, quarterbacks, and specifically Richardson. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm from the Al Davis school. Okay, talent can't you know can't be taught. Speed can't be taught, but the rest of it can. And he, he could sit for two years. And, and get it, and I think you, you'd have a star. But that's asking a lot, you know, because the mm-hmm. Cardinals are sitting up there like the godfather. Kiss Marines! <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, and so, because that's where you would have to go to get one of those quarterbacks. Right. Okay, uh, number uh, B would be to stand pat and take uh, Christian uh, Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yep. Now, I would only do that if I could somehow have a deal already in place to go up to number 10, maybe give away a first-round pick and maybe a second-round pick and get to number 10 and go ahead and draft your boy from uh, Mississippi State. And let's go ahead and recreate the 1983-84 Super Bowl. We'll help, the def- we'll help the defense out. Okay, I mean, you'll have plenty of time now because there be, won't be no receivers open. <laughs> right. Okay, and so and uh, A would be to uh, – would be the trade back. Okay. Like you did in your draft 
to number 10, not necessarily for the – I mean, I, I would love to get that corner, but if both Gonzalez and the other corner there plus the Mississippi State, be a trade back, get some more capital because somebody's going to come up to get one of them, and we have, we'll have access to the other two and still pick up capital uh, to uh, get the defense. But unless something weird happens and all three of them go and they stop drafting quarterbacks and you stay at seven and take one of them quarterbacks. Okay. Not to it. Sorry about that, but that's, my brain runs a thousand miles a minute right now. What's so, up, Raider Nation? Just want to say what's up. Thanks for taking my cue call. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's all good. ABA Ivan Davis right there with multiple different options. He hit you with C, B, and A. Definitely appreciate you. And trading back, and, and, and that's always going to be an option. Uh, you know, trading up to go get a quarterback is an option. I don't think trading up to get a defensive player. I don't know about going up to number 10 to get Forbes. I think that Forbes would be something that you can get, a player you can get later in round one. You know, maybe around 25, 26, 28. I feel like that that's a comfortable zone for him, so you wouldn't have to trade all the way up to number 10. Use some of that extra draft capital you have. Move up from early round two to the back end of round one. That's how you would get Forbes and potentially like a Witherspoon or Gonzalez, and then you'd have, you know, Haynes and Lester Hayes all over again, right? I mean, the potential. Still need help on the defensive line as well. 2.57 is the time. Coming up next, we'll talk all things draft. Ian Cummings, he'll kick off hour number two from Pro Football Network. This is Red Nation Radio 920.